Podcast. My name is Graham Wilson, and one of the most dynamic parts of our ministry here at America's Keswick is our addiction recovery ministries. And today, I'm excited for you to watch a testimony from Carla, who's in Barbara's place. Um, The thing about our ministry that's so powerful is that when someone comes into one of our programs, they are introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when that gospel radically changes their heart, then they go back out into their communities, their families, and their churches, and it creates a ripple effect of God's grace in others' lives. And this is such a powerful story that we're excited for you to hear. So let's check out this Barbara's Place testimony from Carla and Allie Lang. Hi guys, my name is Allie Lang and I'm one of the care workers at Barbara's Place and today I'm sitting down with Carla and she's going to share a little bit about her story. So Carla, why don't you tell me a little bit about your life before Barbara's Place? I was born in 1978 in Georgetown, Maryland. Mm -hmm. My mom and dad split up right after I was born. So I spent most of my childhood with my mom and we were poor. We We were just so poor. It was her and I. You know, we lived in homeless shelters and in the car and and everything. But through all of it, it was it was it was she and I, you know, we had this and there really wasn't much talk of God in our lives at all. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was nine, she got really sick. Mm -hmm. She was an alcoholic um, and just the effects of alcohol took its toll on her body. Mm -hmm. And so I took on more of a parental role where I was taking care of my little sisters. I was taking care of her. And I, I mean, I was just, I was terrified. It was such really traumatic experience in my life. Mm-hmm. And then one day, you know, I'm trying to feed her and, and she, she won't eat anymore and I can't get her to the bathroom, all that stuff. Finally, one day, my worst, she was taken to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, all my security just went out the window, you know. I moved in with my dad, which was great. It was a very, very loving family. Mm-hmm. You know, I was surrounded by love, but I couldn't get over the, the heartache of my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought she was dead. She wasn't dead, mm-hmm. thank God. But I just experienced such grief for years and years until, and I, I really think that's what led me to drink. I took my first drink when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I felt like everything was better. You know, I had a little bit of security or like I even counted it as stability because I knew I could get alcohol. There was always alcohol in my family. It was easy to come by. Mm -hmm. So from then, from then on, I just started, you know, got into heavier drugs Mm -hmm. and just continued to make poor decisions Mm -hmm. throughout my life. Um, My mom eventually got better, but she was brain damaged from it. So she moved in with me and I took care of her most of the part like she was there for the birth of my first son um it was uh, again you know she was right there with me um unfortunately due to my alcoholism I ruined the relationship with my son's father mm-hmm. and that relationship was severed I haven't seen my son because of that mm-hmm. um so Pushing on, nine years later, I'm with another man. I have, at this point in time, I have an 11th month old son. And I come home from work one day and I find his father dead. Mm-hmm. So here again, all my, you know, my security, everything. Um, 
And that really started a, a, like a downward spiral, a bad one. I thought I was an alcoholic before. It just really kicked my addiction into overdrive. I About a month later, after he died, I had a heart attack. Then his mother died. Then my mother died. Mm -hmm. Then my stepfather died. All this happened within a year and a half. So like every time I'm starting to climb out of this pit, like see a little bit of sunshine, somebody else dies. I just kept mm -hmm. just being beat back down. And I turned to alcohol just worse than ever. Un just bottles and bottles of liquor. I was in the hospital. I was in the ICU four times mm -hmm. before I came here. Like they just didn't expect me to live. And I didn't want to live. I just was trying to get rid of this life. I had lost all that family. I lost my second son. I lost my house. I just didn't, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, so finally, at the age of 40, I found myself in my fifth rehab. Mm -hmm. um, I had detoxed for three weeks. Like I had to teach myself how to, how to feed myself again, how to sign my name. Like I really had damaged my body mm -hmm. really severely. Like just like my mom had, just thank goodness not to that point. Right. Um, I found this this fifth rehab and was really was really comfortable there. I was settling in, and they told me about a program that they have that's a um, a three month rehab. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, you know, I got this. You know, I'm starting to feel good. I'm gonna stay here for three months. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get sober. I'm gonna do this. Huh. And then they came to me and told me your insurance won't cover it, and and I was crushed. Like I. Oh, I I had this perfect plan, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, what do I do? And I remember just going back to my bedroom and just and crying, just breaking down and praying to God, God, please, please, they are throwing me to the wolves. I I'm gonna I'm gonna end up dying and I finally don't wanna die. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna end up dead. I'm so scared, God, please just please help me through this. So, you know, the days went on and I'm signing forms to get into rehabs and they, they finally tell me where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I'm going to this other rehab and it's like one of the worst ones ever. I hate to say that rehabs are bad, but some of them are not good. Mm -hmm. So then the fear sets in, you know, all over again that, oh, you know, I'm going to get killed in, in this rehab, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to, people are ODing in there, everything. And I, I just went with it. I had to. You know, I was trying to save my life, anything to save my life. Mm -hmm. I went to this rehab and they had a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? Just anything to get away from the chaos of these people. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go to this Bible study and, you know, check this out. And uh, it was the second time I was in there and I'll never forget. I was telling my story to a lady in there mm -hmm. and telling her you know I finally want to live you know I want to get sober and I just I have to make sure that I take the right path and I'm not sure even how to go about that at this point in time and she she looked at me and she said Carla I know of a place called America's Keswick it's a Christian rehab and if you want to go I'm gonna cry if you want to go Carla I'll pay for you and <laughs> like I, I get chills every time I talk about sure. it because everything it like everything kind of made sense at that point in time yeah. so here I am here you are <laughs> getting ready to graduate <laughs> <laughs> 
And you've learned so much while being here. I mean, you came from no church background, no real understanding of right. who God is to just, you know, being soaked in it, really. So tell me a little bit about what you've learned and maybe some of the things that you're still learning and still struggling with. I have learned most importantly that God is with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not alone. All those times, you know, through all those deaths and everything, and I didn't think I had anything to turn to. I was wrong, and he was working in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think growing up without God in, in the picture, I thought that if there were a God, it would be like a booming voice or a lightning bolt or, you know, something like that. And looking back, I can see that he's been here all along. Mm-hmm. And he definitely put me at BP. And, and saved my life, mm-hmm. you know. And I still struggle. You know, I, I, still, I still struggle a lot mm-hmm. just with the fact that that it is a persistent... I have trouble believing that, it, that God will always be there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just keep on keeping on, you Amen. know. Yeah. Amen. So you mentioned that you are graduating. We actually celebrated you last night, yep. and you are on your way out today. So tell us a little bit about what your future is going to look like. I have found a sober living mm-hmm. back where, uh, close to where my son lives. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to be involved in his life. Um, you know, set up with the church. I'm just really excited. I have a good group of people I can go back to, mm-hmm. surround myself with. Of keeping in touch with you guys. Absolutely. Can't miss, I'm going to miss the beauty. <laughs> Absolutely. But. Mm-hmm. So now, definitely somebody who's watching is struggling in their own way. What would you say to that one person? You're not alone. You know, God is with you. Maybe you can't see it or can't feel it right away, but if you seek Him, He will help you through this. You don't have to be bound by your addiction forever or just even your troubles. Maybe it's not an addiction. Maybe it's just troubles. Seek Him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Carla, for sharing your story. We Thank hope that you. this has blessed your heart and that you've been encouraged by Carla's testimony today.